All right. Hello, friends. Before we get started on this amazing episode of I Know the Owner, I would just like to invite everybody to Minnie's third anniversary party. It's actually our first party and our third anniversary, and it takes place this Sunday, March 13th, 13th at 7 p.m. at Minnie's Bar. 885 4th Avenue. Henry, what are we doing? Uh, well, we are going to have cake and we are going to have <laughs> dice your price. So if dice you come your in, price. Okay. Uh, you will order a well shot, well drink, wine, beer, and you roll a die to see how much you pay for it. So, so the, the most, most you get you, is six. The most you have to pay is six dollars. That sounds awesome. I hope everybody comes out to Minnie's anniversary party, third anniversary, first party. At Minnie's Bar, Sunset Park, Brooklyn, this Sunday at 7 p.m. See you there. See you there. Welcome to I Know the Owner, a podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I'm Charlene Wellington. I'm the host and owner, and I'm here with Matt Hogan. Yep. From Irish Haven. Hi, Matt. Hi, how are you? Thanks Good, for having me. Good, how are you? I'm doing really Good well. Good to meet you. It's really nice to meet you. Um, this is actually my first time in here. No kidding. And I can't believe it because it is beautiful. No I doubt. love it. I instantly loved it. It's, well, we're happy to have you. It's, yeah, I will be back. Thank you. Are you <laughs> and you are you from the area originally? Or? I'm. Well, I grew up in Brooklyn. Sure. Um, Kensington. Sure, I know well. Yeah. Um, and Sheepshead Bay, okay. back and forth. Yeah. And uh, where are you from? I'm from upstate New York. I grew okay. up in Saratoga County, so okay. like, you know, south of the Adirondacks, north of Albany sort of vibe. Um, and I've lived in Brooklyn since uh, 2002, so 20 years, 20 years this March. Okay, congratulations. Uh, in New York City, yeah, and I think October I moved to Brooklyn. Yeah, we're, we're on 20 years this year. Okay. So, yeah, but native New Yorker, but upstate. But and upstate. It has an asterisk on it when you're in New York. <laughs> I can be for if, 40 years, I'll you, be a carpetbagger, you If you, you know? leave New York, yeah. it counts. Yeah. But while you're in New York, it doesn't. Yeah, you're in you're in like Duluth. <laughs> yeah. You're a New Yorker. You're in northern New Jersey. You're from upstate New York. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Um, how did you... Where am I going to start? Should I start with you or should I start with this place? Um, how did you get into this business? So I sort of came at bar ownership a lot differently than... Than I think mm-hmm. the traditional route, which is okay. someone comes up in the service industry, they have an mm-hmm. opportunity to open their own place, they have a vision, they craft a menu, they see an opportunity, they kind of like blank space it and make it happen. Uh-huh. For me, it was just um, it was a, an opportunity arose. I was living local, three blocks away. Okay. My wife and I were uh, working in the city. I was working from home a lot. Uh-huh. Pre, certainly when? way pre-COVID. When were you working from home? Uh, this was like 2007 wow. to 2010 or 11. I was, it hadn't even really been invented yet. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was, but I worked as a contractor for years. Uh-huh. So I worked, um, we can get into that obviously as you want, but I worked um, in industries where I sort of had a lot of downtime. And okay. I, my home office could be here. Uh-huh. In, in Sunset Park, yeah. or it could have been anywhere. Okay. And one of the things that happened was, is I ended up in this bar a lot, sort of midday, and okay. not to crush a bunch of beers, but to do work. Okay. And so I, I sort of came in, and at the time, the bar had, uh, you know, cable television, obviously, showing all the games, had uh-huh. a phone, but didn't have it, had Wi-Fi. Okay. And so 
it was actually cheaper to have Wi-Fi. So I, I uh-huh. called I, on behalf of the bar owner. I said, hey, you know, Tommy, the guy who was running the place, do you mind if I uh, call your you know, pri- provider and see if we can get you guys Wi-Fi? And it was less money to get Wi-Fi added. Wow. Because um, they were like sort of, you know, it, uh-huh. was, it was very traditional. And, and, and it was a good place to sit and work. Like you yeah. had your laptop open. Yeah, it was great. And you did like like building contracting? No, so oh. I was um, I worked as a contractor in the sense of like, uh, you know, 1099 kind of contract work. So I worked, um, originally when I started working here, I was working as a buyer for fashion. Oh. And so I was dealing with a lot of like brand strategy, retail strategy, buying. And I was doing a lot of ghostwriting and, and you know, fit correction and stuff for different industries. Okay. And... As that evolved, I got involved with Fashion Week um, through the nature of that, and then it morphed into a security job. Uh-huh. So there was an opportunity to be doing security, and I had a, a security clearance because of my work at the airports with the uh, fashion uh-huh. stuff. Okay. I was working for a company that was bring, doing duty-free, and so I, I had an opportunity to get into the security world. And so I went that route mm-hmm. with my work, and sort of did both for a while. Sort of was like that Dr. Seuss, you know, the, the, the cat in the hat spinning a plate in his foot, uh-huh. his hat in his tail. Um, and I, I balanced a few things, that kind of New York hustle story, mm-hmm. and ended up the security contracting actually won out in the end because it was more uh-huh. lucrative. But I still needed a place to sort of and, have my home and office. And this bar opened at 8 a.m.? 100%, yeah. Does it still? Yeah. Okay. So wow. this bar, I discovered this bar just to kind of, I guess, back up in a way was I, I was getting off a plane in... I, probably 2003, uh-huh. um, flying back from the West Coast, tired as heck, uh-huh. uh, coming down the street, towing a bag behind me, and I heard music. Okay. Like loud music. Not loud, but uh-huh. like, you know, people listening to music. music. And I, I came up with a song, but it was it was probably, you know, Salt is a Swing by Dire Straits <laughs> or something that's etched into my memory from that time frame with a jukebox <laughs> in this bar. And I, uh, I saw the guy who was running it, Tommy. He was a very mm. well-dressed guy, always... Mm-hmm. Great hairstyle, kind of in a blazer a lot, sport coat a lot, like okay. very sharp dressed guy for nine in the morning. Yeah. And at eight something in the morning, I he was outside with a broom, lit cigarette in his Wait, mouth. Wait, Tommy sleeping. that worked at O'Connor's? No, a different okay. Tommy. Okay. This was a uh, Tommy was a uh, retired a homicide detective from oh, okay. NYPD. No, this is not the same And person. had um, sort of from the neighborhood had been a guy that they knew had his stuff straight and could run a bar. Okay. And he had taken over the bar in I'm going to say 2000. 2006, uh-huh. roughly, and then this was now 2010, uh-huh. and flash forwarding again, Excuse I was hearing the bar was going to go, plus me. I was going to hear the bar COVID. was going up for sale, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, a business partner and I, um, my they just dis- put this bar up for sale? No. Oh. So that's, I'm oversimplifying. Okay. So there was some talk of, sort of as the mumblings go, of oh. the mutterings go, of locals where people were like, hey, the bar is, I heard that once their liquor license comes up this year, they're mm-hmm. not going to renew. Oh, and wow. So they're going to, they're looking for buyers. And so a guy who'd been a longtime neighborhood guy that had grown up in this neighborhood, had raised children in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. His mom had had 11 kids in this, or nine kids, I think, in this neighborhood. Uh-huh. They had, uh, he grew up here. This was like his, his home base, this whole neighborhood. So he'd get off work in the city and come through here and have a couple drinks after work or on in the weekend, meet his friends uh-huh. here. And he, he was he's a generation older than me in a way. And he would he, he said, this place is going to go under. Uh-huh. Which is something you'd be interested in. And he sort of knew I was around wow. and interested in business. And I said, yeah, I, I could I could do this much of it. And it was sort of like that, that bar napkin where we hashed it out. He was like, I could do this much. And I was like, I could do this much. And we sort of had a handshake deal. And we he approached the family with that deal. And we ended up getting a contract out of that and having a, a 10-year lease on the bar from that. And you didn't know anything about the bar business? Well, I had bartended sort of... Um, 
off and on. I'd worked in Park Slope at a place that's now closed called Nana, which is like a sort of Pan-Asian, okay. Malaysian, yeah, uh, yeah. their cocktail menu-driven that sounds familiar. Um, yeah, restaurant. And so I worked there as a bartender in Brooklyn officially, like sort of as like a behind the bar. But I had done like party bartending. I had bartended for years. And so, but mm-hmm. I never thought, yeah, I'm going to run a bar. I'm going to yeah. manage a bar. I just, I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of myself as a service industry so much as somebody who saw an opportunity to hustle and did something mm-hmm. for money. Um, and so it just kind of came second nature that my wife had done that kind of gig economy bartending And then your partner's jobs. name is? Is okay. Mike. Is Mike. So, I, so okay. I'm partners with a couple named Mike and Maureen. Husband okay. And, um, and so Mike and I had that original deal and he went to the family and said, I have this guy, Matt. And they were like, yeah, we know Matt. He's from the neighborhood. And so uh-huh. it all just worked out. We ended up um, getting a deal with the bar for, for 10 years. And, and that was up during COVID. And uh-huh. we, we sort of pushed the ball forward until this year. And now we're, we're in the negotiations of our lease now to see about the next iteration. Of oh, I hope so, you uh, renew. Yes, as do I. As do I. <laughs> and it, it'll, it, as you know, as a bar owner, know it's yeah. Uh, it all comes down to COVID. We'll see. I know. What the Hopefully ne- they'll they'll feel they'll be like, yeah, these guys are good tenants. Let's renew them. Yeah. I um I had heard I had heard about this place a lot. This is where bartenders go after everything else is shut. Yeah. And I never quite made it because I'm not a big after-hours person. Sure, absolutely. And so um, I kind of expect, I mean, I don't know what I expected when I walked in, but this definitely has the look of a place that is well-loved and well-taken care of. Like, it's not Thanks. just an old place that's still here. Yeah, as we say, it's like the saying in, of sort of a, an, an older group of locals and regulars would have said, mm-hmm. it's not a bucket of blood. That, <laughs> yeah. was, sort of, yeah. that was sort of the vernacular yeah. 12 years ago. People would say it. The Haven uh, could have a reputation with some people as being a bucket of blood. Yeah. We don't want that. You know, that was yeah. sort of, didn't want that. That was like scowl, uh-huh. you know, that sort of, yeah, that sort yeah, of parlance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it, the bar for a very long time, and the bar opened in 1964. Uh-huh. Um, the gentleman who started it uh, with his brother, they ran it for a year together, from my understanding. Uh-huh. His brother went back to Ireland and opened a place in Ireland. Okay. And uh, Francis, who was the, Frank, who was the dad, Frank okay. Lawler, and uh, he had a family and raised a family in this neighborhood, ran this bar, and, you know, up until, you know, The Departed was filmed here famously, the movie The Departed. Yes. Um, in 2005, and there's pictures on the wall of that. And and that was before you had it? That was before, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was a neighborhood guy. I was certainly a customer mm-hmm. here then. Um, I was living a few blocks away, but so... So you knew all the regulars when you took over, so they were cool. I did. Like, even, I mean, Jane, who's bartending today, was a uh-huh. bartender when I first came oh, here. Oh, wow. She's, she's been bartending here since before I lived in the neighborhood. That's amazing. So, yeah, so I had known the family that that uh, that ran the place and had a good relationship with them. My business partner, Mike, and his wife, Maureen, uh-huh. they had known the family, grown up with them, friends since, you know, childhood type of stuff. So um, it was a community. And my wife and I had ingratiated ourselves to the community by, we moved here in 2002, mm-hmm. which Sunset Park was pretty different 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, In, in some ways, and, sa- and all the same in others, you know? Yeah. And so we sort of... Um, Got involved with a bar, um, sort of a, a not looking to change it. Yeah. And like the floor is yeah is it's the original scarred, floor. has yes. patina, and 
we're all 10 years older than we were then. We're all scarred and we all have patina, you know? It's sort of... <laughs> yeah, it's uh, true. It's sort of... The Haven had a reputation as years ago having, like, you know, the, the after hours business where yeah. there's, there's a hospital three blocks away from here, NYU Langone, <laughs> which we'll all still call Lutheran until we're all dead. Yeah, but it's, all, it's always going to be Lutheran. It's always going to be Lutheran. <laughs> so Lutheran would knock off that third shift at 8 a.m. and it's nighttime to those people. They've been yeah. working for eight hours. So they you go to the to bar. Drink. Yeah, go to the bar that opens at 8 a.m. and, you know, there's a police precinct five blocks from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a subway half a block away. So you didn't have a lot of trouble. No, no, and it's, and yeah, that's sort of it, is like we sort of would, people would sort of turn up here and they'd kind of stretch the hours back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of morphed into, we still do 20 hours a day. Like we're uh-huh. open 8 a.m. to 4 a.m., six days a week, and on Sundays we open at 10 a.m. Wow. Um, and so yeah, we just, we that's do it. That's amazing. Yeah. And you have staff that that yeah. works those shifts and yeah. they're, and they've probably been working those same shifts for a long time. Yeah, and an 8 a.m. start is is pretty. It's it's a gut check if you've never done it before behind a yeah. bar. Yeah, but it's it's. I think it's a misnomer to think that we have people that walk in here at 8 a.m. and they're like ordering Jaeger shots. You know, it's yeah. It's sort of like we we have like a, a like what Irish people would call a pensioner, but like an older guy uh-huh. or a woman who's been getting up at five for their whole career uh-huh. 5 a.m. And so at like 9 a.m. they're like looking for lunch. Yeah, that makes sense. And so when that that person retires, like. They might come into here at 9 or 10, watch a couple, you know, a little bit of the news, maybe watch the, the Today Show, maybe uh-huh. watch sports, maybe watch Irish sports that are being broadcast, and okay. then work themselves up to a beer around 11 a.m. Okay. You know, so it's sort of... Because sort of, what else are they supposed to do? Yeah. And they're go, they go to bed Just at 8 home? or 9 p.m., you know, yeah. so... So I think so we sort of nice. were known as like this place that like was blue collar necessarily and was like definitely shift oriented. Like you could get off work on your third shift and the Haven was open and like yeah. come through, you know? That's great. Yeah. And it sort of was open to everybody. Um, so that's one of the things that I, I flashing back to that original point that I made was I got off a plane and was walking by and I said to Tommy, who was outside sweeping, and it was dressed well too well to be sweeping. He's uh-huh. a, suit, a suit coat. I said, you guys open? Like in disbelief at 830 in the morning. And uh-huh. he's like, he was like, yeah. So I came inside. There was like five or six women in here, a couple nurses from Lutheran, uh-huh. and uh, a male nurse as well. And it was like people mm-hmm. were just in here hanging out. And I went home to my wife, who was getting up to start her day. And I was like, you know that bar in the corner? And we Neither one of us said, I don't think I've been in at the bar. Uh-huh. I was like, they open at 8 a.m. And she was like, okay. I was like, no, but it was cool. I hung out. And she was like, all right. So we started coming through. And it became That's our amazing. spot. And we, we, we made friends here that I'm, I'm still friends with 20 years later. I was, wa- I was also watching, um, like, a lot of people are... So we came in at, like, 5.35 p.m., yeah. which is early for a bar. And there were not enough seats for us to sit together at the bar. Yeah. So almost every seat was full. And people are kind of sitting, like, doing their own thing. And then every so often, like, one person would go outside and smoke a cigarette, and somebody from a few feet down would come over and sit next to them. So everybody seems to know each other. Yeah, I mean, more or less, and I'm just looking, this isn't a staged experiment, I'm just turning around for a second to see. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the goal, is to have that community, and they, like come here to see their friends. Yeah, and that's sort of what it is. And I, I sort of know, except for the couple that are at the table by the front door, and, and, the, and the guy here in the pink shirt, I know pretty much everybody else in here. So okay. yeah, it's, and it's, it's just from, I have their numbers in my phone, they can call me. Wow. Like, he's he's our electrician. Oh, okay. This guy <laughs> behind him is the guy who built our outdoor deck and, oh. and, and his colleague. So I like, it's, your, I yeah. like your outdoor deck. So what what happened during COVID? Let's let's get through. Yeah, I mean, let's, well, let's go through that. Where to jump off? So I mean, March 16th, 2020. Yeah, it was a Monday. <laughs> it was a Monday. 
the mo- everything shut yeah, down. The flop it was around the world. It was Minnie's one year anniversary. God bless. <laughs> like, insane, right? We had a big party planned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it didn't happen. So March 16th happened. Yeah. And then did you guys shut down? Yeah, I mean, it, it came down sort of that Friday the 13th before it. Uh-huh. We the writing was on the wall, and schools yeah. were closing. The the Department mm-hmm. of Education was flirting with the fact that they were going to shut schools and everything yeah. was, was getting closed down. Um, and I think the official announcement on that was the 12th or the 13th. Yeah. And my wife's office in, in Manhattan had said, work from home work for from two home. weeks, flatten the curve. Right? Yeah. FTC, yes. remember? Remember that? FTC was flatten the curve. Now it's find the cure, FTC. But it was <laughs> F- FTC flatten the curve. So we... Um, you know, we sort of were, we were slapped really hard in the face by that, like everybody was, but yeah. in particular for us, we're an Irish bar. Yeah. And so, so much of our our ethos and mm-hmm. what, what people on the outside would say our brand, you know, is, yeah. is it's an Irish community. We have live music. We have Irish language lessons in the back room. Oh, wow. Not currently, but... Yeah. Two years ago we did. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. We have a, you know, there's a, there's a group called the Commodore Barry Club that sort of celebrates and promotes the life of Commodore John Barry, who's the founder of the American Navy, who's an Irishman from Ireland. Okay. They meet in our back room. And it's sort of like... This is like a Kiwanis club. Yeah. And, okay. And, but then it's also like, it's also like we've had christening parties for Salvadoran neighbors of ours. Uh-huh. You know, and um, it's, it's sort of a big... Sort of a, not a melting pot because it's not people aren't just assimilating. It's like a mixed salad. It's like everyone yeah. retains themselves in one big uh-huh, bowl. But they all know each other yeah. and drink here. Yeah. And so what happened, which was March 16th, was this whole neighborhood which knows us as like we turn up for that party. Uh-huh. It was like press pause. St. Patrick's Day, of course, is not happening. Yeah. And it was, they chose that day for a reason. They realized that there was yeah. going to be a super spreader event. Yeah. Primarily in Manhattan of like you know Second Avenue. Yeah, um, but also, I mean, it would have been here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it would have been. We would have. I mean, it would have been in my place, and we're not even. It would have been every an bar. Irish bar. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's sort of the day that people go out crazy, uh, depending on the day of the year. We had, you know, some live music playing. A guy stops through with bagpipes. We we were giving wow. away three hundred pounds of corned oh beef to the neighborhood. God. You guys lost like. Yeah. A tenth of your income. Yeah, and so we closed that day. <laughs> and I said I was quoted somewhere in the press with it because in that first like flurry of stuff, the press came through and wanted to talk to us. But I was quoted as saying that we operate in the red until St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that's, just like, that's our bar business. Oh, and so we sort of we were like, yeah, March sixth, seventeenth is coming. You know, it's this Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then when it all hit, like just three hundred pounds of corned beef to the neighborhood, all those plates. Oh and my that all god, froze. you. So bought we, all the corned beef already. Well, we got lucky on that. Our, our <laughs> supplier, who I should probably shout out by name, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> our supplier was very generous and took a hit on that for us and said, well, we have other clients who do home delivery business. Uh-huh. We we ended up not being on the hook for a lot of that. So That's great. We, they, we, we, we were fortunate to have that relationship, you know. Um, and so, yeah, we sort of were in the, the lurch like everybody, and we very quickly pivoted to home deliveries. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I ordered growlers off the internet. Yes. And we immediately, so back when Prime Amazon Prime shipped in two days, remember that? Uh-huh. Remember those heady days? Yeah, yeah, seven? yeah. Um, but we, uh, yeah, we sort of pivoted really quick. And How quickly did you do to go? The same day. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the 16th at 8 p.m. we had to close. We were selling to-go growlers. Wow. Yeah. And then you opened the 17th for to-go drinks? Yeah, we were open to-go. We had a, a table blocking the front door, uh-huh. and people could come up. We had a walk-up counter. You couldn't That's come inside. Amazing. And we sold to-go growlers and T-shirts. I really pushed soft goods, so, like, T-shirts. Yeah. We then got, like, Carhartt beanies, like, made-in-the-USA mm-hmm. beanies that are knit with an Irish Haven embroidery on them, hoodies, 
Oh, oh wow. Still, we had the hoodies and shirts before, but we really ramped up the, I really ramped that up to promote that. Yeah. And started, started, you know, mailing them to people and we started taking credit cards and all those things. Did you take credit do. cards before? No, we didn't. Wow. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't have that kind just, of business. Yeah. And we still didn't have that kind of business, but now yeah. people call me over the phone. You got to do saying, something. Can you bring me a six pack? You know, and I was going to be like, I hope you have exact change. Like I haven't left my house in five days. So. And so you were bringing six packs to people's houses. We, we, you we, were. We sort of. Yeah, there was a minimum <laughs> idea. I was like sort of fingers crossed. I wasn't turning away business, but yeah, there's like, we were like, I was like literally driving around and our bartender Emmett quickly transitioned into a delivery guy for us and really knocked it out of the fucking park. That's amazing. Yeah, he was like on a, a scooter delivering stuff and like we were, we were doing it. We wow. Were making, and in the early phases of this, until they rescinded it last, I think June 24th, uh-huh. um, we could deliver cocktails. Yes. So we were like delivering dark and stormies to people in the height of summer uh-huh. all last, that summer, you know? And so we made it work. And um, yeah. we massively scaled back. We canceled our, you know, our cable television. We didn't need it when we were closed. Yeah, that makes sense. And then even so we were at 25% occupancy as we crawled back to life, mm-hmm. we sort of ramped up again. We tried to be smart about it because we didn't yeah. want to bleed money. You yeah, know, who, yeah. Who does? Nobody. <laughs> and so, and- but yeah. We had a cold room full of beer. We'd stocked up for St. Patrick's Day already. Oh, wow. So we had like a month's worth of beer to serve in two days, and then yeah. they never came. So. And then did all your staff come in and do various jobs, or some of them were afraid no. to come in? No, that was sort of, that was sort of um, like, like, like BC, like before COVID, after COVID type uh-huh. of thing. So before COVID, we had, a, we had a staff of people who had second jobs. Some of them have like nine to fives, and they uh-huh. bartended here like one shift. Um, yeah. So those people, unfortunately, were viewed as, pragmatic sense, were viewed as having a safety net. Yeah. They had another job. They necessarily didn't need that shift. So we yeah. focused those shifts on two people. And oh, so wow. uh, we kept those two people on full time for and all And seven days a week? Um, for the, when we were open, but there were times where we were closed, closed. Uh-huh. Um, there were periods of time where, because of the mandates and the restrictions, we were closed. Mm-hmm. And having an outdoor setup is awesome, but yeah. drinking a Coors Light and having a shot in your hand in 10-degree temperatures. Yes, it's not. And, and for us, I don't think you know, um, so you know about Minis. Yeah, sure. And I have um, Hinterlands oh, in yeah. Kensington. Yeah, sure. And um, Charlene's on Flatbush. Oh, that's and, yours too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. know Charlene's. I and drive the, by there. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And um, you were telling me the story about how you took over, and I had a very different experience because I did not hang out at Mooney's yeah. before it was Charlene's. Um, I I drank there underage when I was 15. Sure. Um, but I didn't I didn't hang out there a lot. You know, it wasn't like my spot. And they closed, they full closed. And then I went there with my partners to a closed bar. Yeah. And we signed a new lease. Like yeah. I didn't take over. Blank slate. And, yeah. And the people in the neighborhood were they hated me. Yeah. They would spit on the floor and yeah. like look me in the eye. And I was like, this is the ideal situation for your yeah. beloved bar. Like But what did the hatred we, stem from? They thought we were gentrifying the neighborhood. Carpet bagging. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I grew up no, eight blocks from here. Yeah, but it's never going to be okay. All they did yeah. was upgrade the bathrooms. Yeah. Like, we didn't change a thing. So it came from and, them having an, an allegiance, maybe a misplaced loyalty to the clothes business. And they thought yes. that you guys somehow, even though that was a Somehow a we caused it. Yeah. You, you were sort of the change yes. that caused that to happen. Yes. As opposed to the band-aid on that gunshot wound that came in with another opportunity. Yeah, because yeah. it could have ended up like a baby gap or a Starbucks. A thousand percent. But it was still it still remained a bar yeah. and a like decent bar with not expensive drinks and yeah. nothing yeah. nothing like crazy. Sort of egalitarian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I understand and, that. Uh, and I was like, what is happening? Like I was like, 
<laughs> beloved blue collar, like lifetime bartender, takes over neighborhood. Nope. <laughs> yeah. They were, like, they were like, fuck you. Yeah, because like, like, unfortunately, you don't get to craft that narrative. No. You know, unless you do nope. a massive press campaign, which, no, which the, is the, the more you also, say you're genuine and sincere, yeah, the less exactly. people believe you're exactly. genuine. Exactly. And um, the, eventually, people yeah. were like, oh, okay, this is, this is yeah. fine. Yeah, I got a good vibe in there. Yeah. You pass the vibe check eventually yeah, with people and the they people did. who hated the fact that there was a new bar there. Yeah. They, they moved on. They, they moved, exactly. They moved on. And then they came back because they were like, oh, like, what am I going to drink in the, like, fancy cocktail joint up the street? No. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, we, we dealt with, there was something, what well, we dealt with that was on a kind of a more humorous level to me was the people who had been customers here for a long uh-huh. time, some of them 20, 30 years or more. Yeah sort of had a, 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 an invested sense in, like, when we came in here and changed the ceiling fans because the ceiling fans were, like, threadbare and not uh-huh. in great shape and not very efficient and wobbly. And they were mad? People were like, I don't <laughs> like the new fans. I don't like the new fans. It's like, cool. Oh, my God. And it's cool. And, like, and like, a, a, like... We also bought more toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you're welcome. And so, but there was, like... And it's kind of... That's kind of a quaint sense of ownership to be yeah. like, I like that you... The fact that you've, like, worn a groove into that seat feels like you haven't invested... But... Take that, keep that energy because I want when someone's outside and doesn't come after their dog, I want you to be like, hey man, come after your dog. I yeah. want you to have ownership over the bar, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's sort of at the beginning was very, we had, I tried to be very conscious of the fact that this is not my family's bar. I didn't yeah. take over from my dad. I'm yeah. in the neighborhood and I'm from upstate, right? Uh-huh. And some people will be like, who is this you know, guy? Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from the <laughs> suburbs, you know? Ohio. And, yeah, and meanwhile, like, you know, I had I had lived in four or five cities. I'd lived in Ireland for a while. I've, uh-huh. like, I got a, a, a you know, post-graduate degree Oh, see, you had an Irish accent. Oh, Maybe. yeah. <laughs> no, nobody was calling me inauthentic. I don't think because okay. I don't because there is that in the Irish community. Sure, there's like that whole like you're like a you're like a like a lace curtain Irish. You're like bullshitting it. You're Irish American, okay. Irish only to point to it on the map. Type okay. Of thing. And you know my family's Irish, and you know I 23 mm. Me is sort of a moot point for me or Ancestry.com. Yeah, I'm, same. Yeah, Jewish. Yeah, all Jewish. Exactly. You're <laughs> 94 percent broadly yeah. Ashkenazi. Yeah, you're like exactly. fantastic. Exactly. Yeah, I'm the like, same. Like, <laughs> like you can. You, I'll keep my information thank you because yeah, yeah, yeah. i know i yeah. know what you're gonna say yeah you're, you're like you like build your database elsewhere yeah. people yeah but so that's sort of where i came at it from and and listen it's it's been it's been great and i i have lifelong mm-hmm. friends and, and that i consider family there's many people that drink mm-hmm. in this bar that have a key to my house to wow. child care hang out at my house walk my dog if i'm out of town hey i forgot to uh-huh. you know the kettle was left on so there's people that i trust <laughs> yes that i have never trusted like anything in my life that i met mm-hmm. through this bar and that's that's genuine that is that's yeah, amazing it's a real thing. um so. yeah i i love it here we might have to drive here and hang out and then leave our car and come get it the next day um, and you, you, know, live, you live in Kensington still? Yeah. yeah. We live, well, still, we we opened the bar in Kensington, and then we moved to Kensington because that's kind of uh, the home base. Yeah, sure. And so um, my partners do the day-to-day at Minis. Yeah. And then we, my husband and I, and Stuart is here, by the way, uh, not not on mic. Um, we run Hinterlands the day-to-day. Yeah. So we did the table in the doorway. Yeah. But it took us six weeks to reopen because I really thought that, like... We just have to do this for two weeks. And I was like, okay, just two more weeks. And then and then they were like, all right, it's going to be another month. And I was like, all right, we got to yeah. do something. We, we got to do something. We, gotta, we can't just sit on our couch and watch our business die. It's like a trying a yeah. tourniquet. It stops the bleeding, but you lose the arm. Yeah, exactly. You know? So we, we were in the same... 
Listen, and when I say before, like, that we pivoted the same day and I was doing deliveries, we did. I mean, that's amazing. But, but by I no mean, means was it, like, our, we, we didn't have a hiccup because of that. We had a complete loss of business. Yeah, yeah, it was like, of course. We, were, we got, like, a 4% of our business doing that. Yeah. Literally 4%. Yeah. So, um, did your um, landlord help you out at all? Um, you know, in... in and we, we, I'll put it this way. We paid our bills the entire time. Yeah. We didn't ask for okay. a furlough on, on paying our rent. Mm-hmm. We didn't exercise any of the protections that were in place to yeah. for, for not paying the rent. Because at the end of the day, we, it, we would have had to come back and then had to pay that rent back. It would have been like a loan. Yeah. And so we, we used our savings and we uh, we got savvy with it. We paid every bill on time. That's great. And our landlord helped us in the sense of where opportunities came up for productions to film here. He was uh-huh. like, yeah, I'm totally cool with that. Invite, you know, okay. XYZ production to, to Did film Did something there. recently film? Um, the, I mean, the banquette you're sitting on is uh-huh. courtesy of the movie Ray Donovan that filmed here. Ooh, um, Ray Donovan. So, yeah, last June. <laughs> yeah, last, so last June, there's, that's a... Awesome. Listeners at home who might not know, no, seven seasons of a TV show was kind of... COVID kind of ended it. They were not going to make an eighth season. Uh-huh. And uh, it's sort of like fans were sort of... I think left in the lurch from what I understand and the showrunners said the, the principal actor Liev Schreiber and uh, uh-huh. David who's the, the director of it sort of said wait a minute we have an opportunity here to make a movie to encapsulate this and Showtime was like hell yeah here's a check okay. and so they came in here and filmed all the principal scenes for that the right out of in the movie uh-huh. which aired in January just came out and it was during COVID so you well, actually it was, I mean I still considered last summer to be COVID oh yeah me too so they filmed in June of last year here yeah and it was awesome. It was such a great experience. But to get back to my landlord, like, my landlord was, like, he was okay with that. Some landlords would be like, no, yeah. screw you. Like, why are you, like, I, doesn't, <laughs> I don't need to let you have filming there. But he was, yeah, I guess he, that's was, true. he was cool about it. And the neighborhood was cool about it. And they, the local delis were cool because they got a little bump in business. Yeah. So that was coffee sales. I've actually and, never asked my landlord if that was okay. Yeah. It's usually I hope my landlord doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I've never asked. We've done it. We've never, we've never asked permission. <laughs> we've just we have a great relationship in that sense where we've just been like because the departed was filmed here yeah. and that yeah. was before me his dad had brokered that the family yeah, had brokered that's, that that's kind of amazing yeah and so like we got this banquette this nice warm and we I got like this, this banquette and it's yeah it's comfortable and it yeah. matches the look and it because it's it supposed totally to be period does. 1980s yeah. to the bar yeah Works. and so and they tin ceiling that came from Ray Donovan as well they put in this tin ceiling yeah that was that's a real tin ceiling wow. Yeah, like actual ten. I several and staff they members. It. Yeah, they like came in. I, I watched the guys amazing. cut their hands with shears <gasps> trimming tin in here. It was pretty impressive. Stuart, we got to get a movie production to come like <laughs> fix our shit. <laughs> but we sort of broker that in. It was like they got to a point with what uh, they could pay. They have budgets like anybody else, mm-hmm. and we said, we really love what you guys are doing with that scene. Could you make it real, not just a prop? And that's yeah. What oh, that's great. Yeah, and so we sort of um, we sort of have. It's a windfall for everybody, right? Yeah, so yeah. It's comfortable. This place used to be high boy tables, like the one you see over there. Okay. And it was a bit I, more like. I love this seating. Standing. I was just commenting because um, our bars are all like long, middle of the block bars, and I'm like, next bar is going to be a corner, yeah. and there's going to be banquettes on the other side of the. <laughs> Get away. Um, Turn it into Manetta Tavern, you know? That's yeah, exactly. Super comfy benches. Um, when did you build the uh, shed? So that. Um, that was a crazy, I mean, that was, I try to be very, op, like, uh, what's the word? Not optimistic. Optim- I try to be positive, right? Yeah. Don't we all? Like, yes. uh, but well. I'm, yeah. I'm also, like, honest, you know? But, like, what happened with me was I was on the call, like, the Zoom calls with the mayor's office with the, the, the nightlife. I don't know if you got involved with all that yeah, nightlife thing. I mean, what version of it that they hobbled yeah. together? 
I was on those calls earlier on because I was like eager to participate in this new economy and to make this fucking thing work, right? Uh-huh. So what happened with that was the mayor's office literally said, I wish I had a recording of this, the woman who was on the call, administrative for the city, they were just like, oh, so someone on the call said, so what do we do with our outdoor area? And they were like, yeah, you can take up the spots in front of your business. Uh-huh. And so someone said, and how do we do that? And they were like, just mark it off like with like, you know, like some caution tape and some cones. Okay. And someone was like, does it matter what materials we make that of? And they were like, no. ready for this? Get creative. <laughs> and as you know, I love then it. it was... You need to have 18-inch thick barriers filled with sand and concrete. But that came out after you built it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the fourth iteration of it. It was, then it has to be a certain height, and then it has to be a certain depth, and then it has to be eight feet from a crosswalk. And it has has sandbags, and it has to to be ADA compliant. Yeah, which is all, and I understand all that, but it was almost as if nobody in charge took 45 minutes to grab a a civil engineer or somebody who deals with DOT planning and say... You guys have probably thought about this. If we had to put structures in the roadway, what should we? What impact rating would yeah. they need to have to take a yeah. hit from a car that's massively decelerating, but just realized, oops, I'm driving towards a structure? Yeah. And they would have been like, don't build a bounce house outside. Because they were like 18, 18 inch thick walls, and we were like, what material? And they were like, get creative. I'm like, yeah. so cotton candy then. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. crazy. Yeah. So we thankfully, I like I pointed out before, this gentleman sitting behind us, Fitz, he uh, was the brains behind the operation. Oh, him, wow. I love that outdoor seating. It yeah. it matches the indoors so much, and it's just like a banquette. Yep. And when it's cold out, that's your smoking section. Now people can drink and smoke at the same yep. time. It's like it's like we call it the shed. Yeah. See in the shed. Yeah. And you, you're sort of seeing is, is kind of flashing forward is iteration two of it. So what happened was is... It was built from uh-huh. a sketch. I sat, to, I talked about something. He drew a sketch, uh-huh. and turned around. Who was on hand? People got hammers. People got drills. Guys who are experts. Guys who are me who are not experts. Got to work. Uh-huh. And it was built on pallets. We went to the meat market down on First Avenue. Yeah. Literally, literally like cut meat, and we grabbed their pallets and we built our base on the walls of the pallets, and then we uh-huh. reinforced and built it. So when they came here to scout Ray Donovan, they were like, newsflash, Ray Donovan doesn't happen in COVID times. Yeah, of there's course. A, yeah, it, there's a flashback to the Take 70s in it, and it's Southie <laughs> Boston. So they were like, we have two options. We can destroy this thing and build it from scratch. Oh, no. Or we can cut it in half and put it on a truck and bring it back to you as Frankenstein's, you know, baby next okay, week. Okay, do it. So I, I said to them, like, I, I, I've dealt with a lot of productions here. We've had, like, you know, a handful. And I said to the, the guys who were going to be the brains behind it, what would a what would a version of rebuilding it look like? And they're like, oh, we would take this structure, draw it out. Uh-huh. You tell us what you like, tell us what you hate, and we'll bring you back a better version of it. Oh yeah, do that. So that's what's outside right now. <laughs> so Fitz's creation and the creation of the, the uh-huh. blood, sweat, and tears of us, like us all over three days building it, and the, all that was they stole the idea from us. Uh-huh. Fitz's brilliant vision, you know, uh-huh. not copyrighted. These master carpenters rebuilt it. I have pictures of this on a soundstage in Queens. That's amazing. Took it apart modularly, brought it here, and rebuilt it. That's amazing. So you're seeing sort of a superstructure okay. of the original. I mean, it looks great. It's great, and it's yeah. basic. Yeah. Do you have heating out there? We don't. Uh, people keep calling, and they're like, do you have outdoor seating? We're like, yes, we have a backyard. Yeah. We have um, no good spot to For put. minis? Um, for minis, it's like a turning lane. Yeah. For Hinterlands, it's a bus lane. Yeah. And for Charlene's, it's Flappish Avenue. Yeah. So like there's massive, no... Massive yeah. traffic in front of Yeah, Charlene's. there's no real good space. Yeah. So we don't have a lot of And street. Minnie's backyard. And we have a nice backyard. Yeah. Uh, but people keep calling, and they're like, do you have outdoor seating? Yes. Do you have heaters? 
No. Yeah. There's no. The reason why we live in houses yeah. is because you can heat them. Yeah. You can't heat the outdoors. Right. And, and what I think, it's, and that was also a, a big, we, we touched for a minute there on the whole ridiculousness of the various iterations of the rules and how they were changing. And it, and then it was like, you have 24 hours, here's a cease and desist yes. email. And you have 24 hours to change this and get your act together or else. Or else. And it was like, what's or else Or else mean? what? So that's what came out for us is they were like, you can put heaters out there. And then 48 hours later, they were like, JK, like, just kidding. Just, no yeah. propane. Yeah. And people had rushed out to Home Depot and, and bought, bought these, all the propane these like lollipop, you know, like these torch mm-hmm. propane based heaters, mm-hmm. which I get why you can't have propane. Like it's a massive no, bomb course. sitting on the sidewalk. But, but don't tell people they can. So there was, literally Home Depot was wiped out on propane heaters. And then 48 hours later, they were Not, wiped out on returns. People yep, were returning them. Yep. And so I think like, People underestimate how much it costs to have a designated 220 electric line to radiant heat an outdoor yes. area that isn't contained. Yes. And it's just bleeding heat. Ridiculous. Yeah. I um, I actually worked in a place where they bought a propane heater years ago to heat the outdoor area, like they do in California, and they immediately got a ticket from the fire department years ago. So when they were saying propane is legal, I was like, mm, I'm going to wait and see. Same. And then... If you read all the laws, they're like, sure, you can have propane, except you can't bring it through your structure. That's, that's amazing, you can't right? store it in your building. And that didn't come out until four or five days after away. it yeah. was. That was after yeah. they said no more propane. Then they right. had to defend why no propane. Because the yeah, the criteria was a PDF tear sheet and it was uh, and I, I pour over this stuff. It's like yeah, I'm yeah, on my yeah. like, Um and it was it's exactly what you said, to paraphrase that it was it was you can have propane, it has to be connected by a person who has been going down to MetroTech and received a fire guard license, a bartender. Yeah, yeah, yeah So get sure. up at 8 a.m. Cool, cool, cool. You work until 4 a.m. Get up at uh-huh. 8, go queue up at downtown MetroTech, get a fire guard license, mm-hmm. which you have to study, During COVID. Take a test for that, of course. Yeah. During COVID, of course. And get the fire guard license and then get your propane, which you cannot store in your basement or inside or your premise. Or inside your premise. But you can must build be 10 feet away. Must, you can build a shed outside of your premise if it's not yes. touching a wall yes. and it's 10 feet away and is under lock and key that only you have and isn't yeah. near a fire source so yeah. no one can smoke near it. And then when you yeah. take it down at night, a different person, because your other bartender's not on shift, yeah. has to take it apart and bring it inside. Yes. And again, all those same rules. My, my friend... Um, had the fu- cuz she had the outdoor propane heaters and someone from the fire department came and they were like you can't store these on your property yeah um, and she was like what should i do and he told her to put it in your car yep and she was like isn't that more dangerous and he said that's not my department 100% <laughs> yeah crazy right like, and then god forbid you like like, like someone hits you from behind. Yeah, like God forbid, you realize you like someone's like, oh, I just landed at Newark, come pick me up, and you drive through the HUD, the, like the Lincoln Tunnel, or oh my what, God, that, you're, that's you're like going to that's jail. a crime. Yeah, that's, that's a crime. Like, that's like a terrorist crime. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> God forbid, but no, it's there's a lot of, and I'm not by no means as my stance. This is more so like laughing at the insanity yes. of it all. Yes, I understand everybody was in the same mood that we, which was a scrambling. We cover, were all trying to figure it out. But the response the, from city agencies, as far as like what the rules were going to be with the outdoor thing. Should there are going to be movies that come out about that? Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. I mean, I I understand, like you said, I understand that everybody was scrambling and trying to figure it out. Yeah, but I feel like too much of the responsibility was put on us, on the restaurant business. Yeah. It's like the restaurant business is now like in charge of protecting everyone from COVID somehow. And of course. It seemed ridiculous. And then, you know, like, I would I would drive through Manhattan and I would see all of these outdoor structures 
that all these individual business owners built yeah. in in hours, yeah. in days, with yeah. no notice. And they're amazing, and they're all different. And they're yeah. and some are fancy, and some are plain, and some have heat, and some have flowers. Yeah. And it's like their expression did, of the businesses. That, yeah. yeah. And it's like we did everything you said, and then you come by and you give us tickets, and you and you so. What about the food? What did you guys do for food? So that was a huge pivot for us. So we, we originally, we, like, it was like the whole, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, what do they call it? Como chips or something the, like that. Yes, the Como chips. So everybody yes. ran out because they were like, oh, you have to have food with your drinks to serve yeah. alcohol. Um, which never made sense to anybody. No, and of then, course not. And I read online that there was a place in Buffalo, because that was statewide. Yeah. There was a place in Buffalo that was like, yeah, no problem. We give out free wings to three, not free, uh-huh. but three, three free three wings. Three free wings. To everybody who gets a drink. So you yeah. come in and you order a vodka tonic and you get three wings. Uh-huh. You, have these, you can get garlic parmesan or regular mild, you know? Uh-huh. And people were like, cool, cool, cool. And then the city of Buffalo came back, and the, no, the, the governor The governor came said back buffalo wings are not food. No, he said that three wings is an appetizer. Six wings is a meal. Oh, my God. I, don't, I didn't realize he said three because I... I got the the soundbite that was like, yeah. Governor says buffalo wings are not food. Yeah. Six and is I a meal. And I was like, you were the governor of Buffalo. What's yeah. the matter with you? Yeah. And so, that, so six wings is a meal. And then meal. my other favorite with that was a handful of salsa chip, like uh, nacho chips, not a meal. Put hot cheese on it. Now it's now a meal. Now it's nachos. Oh my so god. So it was like all that stuff. And so what we did was we very quickly were like, what can we put out? that doesn't have a really short shelf life that we can keep really fresh. And we were mm. like, let's make a hot dog bar. There you go. So we got this cool little, I can show it to you, but it's like this it, retro hot it dog looks like steamer. A roller? Oh, no, steamer. no, it's cooler than that. I'm going to hold it up while we're talking. So you okay. Can... Okay. I'm going to take a picture after. He's holding up the hot dog. Oh, yeah. It's really cute. It's like red. And, uh... Wow. So, it's sort of like the Smeg refrigerator branding, but uh-huh. a tiny version, like smaller than a microwave. But so what that was, was we then had hot dogs. Uh-huh. And several times throughout a shift, we would turn them over. And everyone who walked in, like the, Bob, uh, the local, would come in and say, hey, let me get a Smirnoff. And you would give and them a hot dog. And we'd say, no problem, you get a hot dog. Like, I don't want a hot dog. You're like, cool, here's have your hot one. dog. Yeah. yeah, have a hot dog. And then, you know, once, you know, and so we, we very closely followed those guidelines because I didn't want to be shut down. Yeah, of course not. And so, because we were kind of known pre-COVID as like every Monday we gave away hot dogs. We had a hot dog bar. Oh. You could come in here and sort of like, you could sort of come. <laughs> uh, that's not you could live. sort of. I want to give my friend it's a not hug. live. You can give him a hug. I'll give and, him a kiss and, it's and it's going to still be in there. Okay. Everyone's going to know good, good. that you got a hug. Guy. What's your name? Charlene. Charlene, it's a pleasure What's your name? You. Peter. Peter. Like good to meet you. Like the same. Yeah, but not. St. Peter. But not. Her husband <laughs> the opposite. Nice <laughs> What's your name? Sue. Sue, nice to meet you guys. How are you both? Good. I never saw you talk so much. Right? You never saw <laughs> me shut up so much. Yeah. How are you, Pete? I'm good. Not too bad. Are we ready for the Super Bowl, everybody? Yeah, are you? Great. We're getting excited. You're going to be in town? Uh, I will be in town. You're not going down the shore? Uh, no, I will not. I'll be up here for a little bit. Come through. Of course. I look and forward to having a drink with you. Of course. And then I'll be back at the house for the, the second part. What's the address of this house? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we pivoted to the hot dogs, or actually pivoted 19 times, but we went, we went to the hot dogs move really quickly because uh-huh. we had done hot dogs. Like, every Tuesday, we gave away tacos. My uh-huh. bartender would come in, we'd lay out, like, Ortega tacos, family style. Like, it was the 80s, uh-huh. and people would mock up their version of a, of a, a taco. That's amazing. 
And then on Wednesdays, we gave away wings. We'd buy food mm. service wings that were like, you know, easy to like pre-sauced and yeah. we would bake them and we'd have wings. And so we, for years, were like kind of feeding the neighborhood, the corned beef thing I mentioned before. Uh-huh. So for us, it was like, here's a hot dog. We don't care. So that was good for us. I was glad that we weren't a full-scale restaurant that yeah. had like a kitchen filled with like, you know, two weeks worth of supplies that were going to go we're bad. Gonna go bad. People were like yeah. giving away, you know, like racks of lamb. Like, yeah. anyone want to pick up a rack yeah. of lamb before it goes off? I was off? annoyed that I felt like they should have taken, when they first shut everything down, they should have taken the restaurants and just paid them to like just give out free food yes. to people. Yes. Because they had the food, right. like pay them 75% of what right. they make to give out food. And nobody thought of that. Yep. Like it would have been. How just, easy would it, it, and pile on to pile onto that? How easy would it have been? And I sound like a real socialist saying this, but if you, we had all said collectively as New Yorkers, mm. Hey, we're going to close 23,000 liquor licenses, which is about what there are, right? Uh-huh. So 23 that's every hotel has a liquor license, every restaurant has a liquor license more uh-huh. or less. We're going to close them all, and any one of those people that's impacted by that, if they have a if they make a food, right? And someone can come in and show a pay stub that they work at a place that was shuttered. You follow me here? Those uh-huh. people can get food. So I could go into a restaurant uh-huh. and say, "Hey, I work in a restaurant. I'm out of work." And they would say, "Oh, cool." I'm making food for delivery. We'll deliver you food. Here's a code. Like, almost like how EBT works. Uh-huh. And okay. our state government, our federal government in some sense, could have said, hey, we're going to end up bailing these people out anyways. Why don't we pay the restaurants to cover their cost of the food they're trying yeah. to sell to get rid of and feed the people who are out of work? Like, yeah. how would that have not worked? Like, yeah. every bartender who was out of work, every yeah. every babysitter who was out of work, yeah. every nanny, every musician, the whole gig economy yeah, went face-planted. And crazy. those people didn't get fed. And I, that sort of burned me on the whole thing with the way it was handled was, like, I could go in Costco and queue up, and the food court in Costco was still selling food. I could get, I could get a hot dog yeah. and pizza in Costco. And I could go to Home Depot and maskless, basically, and queue up yeah. and walk around. Yep. But I couldn't go into a mom-and-pop place with two people in it and get tacos. And it was like, where is the Come spreading going? On. Yeah, I know. It is was it, very yeah. unfair. Is it on the express buses <laughs> where people are contained in an airless yeah. environment for an hour driving from Westchester to here? Or is it in a mom and pop place that has a great air filter? Yeah. Which yeah. I'm sure you guys had good air yeah, filtration. Of we have great air filtration. Yeah. I mean, we never had smoking because we were built after, but, sure. you know. This part so we, we put a great air filtration yeah. system in when they told us we had to. Yeah. Yeah. This place, when we took it over, had a smoke eater in it from, like, pre-2003 yeah. when there was smoking. Yeah. It used to hang in the ceiling there. Yes. There's a massive vent over there. If you turn it on, it'll, like, suck a napkin across the room. <laughs> but, like, we have these, like, really nice inline oh, yeah. filtration systems. And, like, totally. we, could, we could retrofit MERV-13 air filtration yep. systems, yep. but it was all... Closed, being closed is better than operating at this new version. So yes. that, that was tough. That was very tough. So things started to get a little bit better last summer. Yeah. You guys did Ray Donovan and then you reopened. Yeah. And it felt like, okay, we're coming back. We're yeah. coming back. And then... Yeah, I think <laughs> sort of, we're sort of, it's true. Like if you look at an arc of it, and I'm going to explain the arc because we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're in audio. Um, <laughs> it was sort of, it was a dead stop Flatline with March sixteenth, twenty twenty, and then it sort of just it, it precipitously fell off a cliff and stayed falling down, and kind of had a resurgence as far as like not business so much, but as far as the mood went and people's thing around November, and then it was the full closure uh, of December again. Yeah. They were like, they were like, just kidding, we have to close for in December. Did you close? Yeah, we closed this year, this December. Uh, no, December of twenty twenty. Okay. And so, 
then we sort of opened again. Oh, yes, and yes. That was when they were like, you, you got to close at 10. and Six and feet apart, six 25%. Feet, yeah, yeah. And it just really made no sense. So there were like months where we, it didn't make sense for us. We still delivered. People were uh-huh. like texting my cell phone number to order deliveries. <laughs> and we sort of were like very lean and it was dark times. Yeah. It was very dark yeah, ages. it was. And then we got through that. As the weather improved, the mood improved, as things go with the business. And um, we got to last summer, and we're sort of just like, I love that we're open without having to wear masks indoors yes. when we're going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I, I personally like that we check vaccines to come in. I was yeah. recently in Berlin um, a week ago, and in Berlin, you, they have something a policy called 2+. plus. You have to show that you have two vaccinations and you've been boosted. Oh, wow. And if you're going, if you don't joke. have that, you have to show a rapid test. And okay. what that creates is, I'm not trying to tell people they should be vaccinated, but it creates, a, there's a whole entire world of people that, that don't want to be vaccinated. They have options. Yeah. But if you yeah. want to go eat in a fine dining restaurant in Berlin, you have to jump through those hurdles. Yeah. And the light at the end of the tunnel is... Nobody gets COVID. People... Staff were super excited to have you. Yeah. An unparalleled dining experience. And you don't you don't kill your grandma. Like yeah. that's if there's another way to explain it, I don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, no. No one wants I, to kill their grandma. Yeah, I enjoyed that. And so I sort of I'm enjoying the moment of of where we are now. And like the, the, there was an announcement yesterday or two days ago. Yes, now the with, mask um, uh, mandate. Although that doesn't yeah. really affect us that much no. because we it's, we have the vaccine mandate, and we didn't have have the mask mandate. I think it, it affects us in the sense of it might line the pockets of our customers who work in retail and consumer yeah, environments. Yeah. So it sort of puts more money to the economy and, and maybe gets people out of the house yeah. more. I was going to say, it's also a first step to people like being less afraid to go out. Yeah. Which is like trickle down economics yeah, at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna we're gonna get people. We're gonna, it's gonna be reverse trickle trickle up economics. Trickle up. Right. I hope so. Yeah. So we're gonna <laughs> hopefully get people out. Like everyone I know is like, oh, I'm returned to office end of March, and mm-hmm. then it's like, we'll see. They were telling you return to office January first. Yeah, yeah. And so I think as people like need to get lunch on their lunch break if they're in the office, mm-hmm. that's gonna help. You know, yes. and that's. And I think that's, that's purely getting things delivered to your house is, is kind of sad, you know? And it's like yeah. the whole Uber Eats thing, McDonald's to your like house. Like it was fun and now it's, o- it's over. Yeah. Like your house smells like McDonald's now. Yeah, and I love <laughs> Zooming, like Zoom chatting with my cousins across the country at the beginning of all this. And that I was mean, a, a fun thing. Yeah, I mean, I like, that, I like that I can do Zoom therapy. Yeah. And I don't have to like go to an office. I yeah. can just do it. Um, but other than that, like I, I have no use for Zoom. <laughs> and also in a corporate setting, from what I understand of the, the, the small interns that I have with the consulting work that I do for security, it's there's no more phone calls. Like, oh. people, everything is Zoom now. I mean, that's very Star Trek. I yeah. kind of like that. So, like, it went from, like, it went from, like, in-person to on-camera, and we sort of lost the whole, like, just, like, kind of banging out your, lo- folding your laundry while you're on a work call. Now, like, okay. you're on camera a lot. And if you're not on camera, people are like... Why aren't they like putting all the effort into like being on camera? I'm on camera. Yeah, so I, I feel mean, like there's I like a feel standoff. Like brushing my hair that day, yeah. or like putting on clean clothes. Yeah, I feel like once people feel less like this, like removal from other people. Yeah, because listen, we're in the business of complete strangers saying, "Oh, I couldn't help but overhearing that you're from Kensington." Yeah. Do you eat at Brancaccio's? Yeah. Like, what's your favorite sandwich? There? Oh, you like the trout? I love the trout. You know, like. That's so funny. We used to get our sandwiches from Brancaccio's. Yeah, he's a Hinterland. he's a good dude. Joe Brancaccio's yeah, he's a good great. dude. Um, but so you sort of sold, lose that commonality. Yeah. Actually. But go on. Yes. Um, that that kind of thing. It, what movie? We were watching a movie, and somebody was like from out of town, and he sat at a bar, and then he met another person, and I was like, "We're the last 
Nobody does that except in our business. Nobody, like, yeah. sits down and talks to a stranger no. anywhere else. Not even on planes anymore. Yeah. Like, with, with that, the fact that everyone has ear... Like, 10 years ago, not everybody was carrying earphones at all times. Yeah, that's but true. But 70 or 80% of people in this bar, 7 or 8 out of 10 people in this bar, have ear, like have, have headphones on their person right now. Uh-huh. So at any point in time, you can just have this whole insular experience. Yeah. Which is, that's a lot different, I think. It is. And so I think that's like that whole wealth of choice thing where, like, people say Starbucks ruined the economy of, sort of the transactional economy of how people order. So when I can walk uh, into a place and say, I want a, and I do not drink Starbucks, so I'm uh, not mocking them by not knowing the names of the thing, but like, I want a venti, like, uh, all soy, no calf, uh, hold this, hold that, sweetened with stevia, stevia, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's sort of hyper-specific and sort of is like, now that's become your personality. I'm the person who has a nine-ingredient coffee order. Yeah. So now people go to restaurants, and that's hard for that not to creep into their life. Yeah. So now they're all of a sudden like, yeah, I don't eat that. I only eat this raised that way and sourced <laughs> this way, which I think is fine, but it's sort of, it really is but, very difficult to service that person. Yes. As, from our side of the fence. Yes. Um, I'm a big fan of coffee regular. Yeah. And I shouldn't have to say anything else. Yeah. Like when I say I want a coffee with milk. Yeah. That, no more questions. Don't yeah. ask me if I want it hot. Don't ask me. That means a hot coffee with milk. That's the end of the conversation. I'm with you. There's no more questions. Yeah. And when somebody comes in here and they're like, I want a whiskey on the rocks. Yeah. Or no, they wouldn't say whiskey. That's stupid. That's, that happens in movies. They would say the name of the whiskey. Yeah. They would say, I want a Jameson they on the rocks. They would say a whiskey soda, but that's said yeah. a whiskey on the rocks. Yeah. yeah. Or a whiskey soda or a Jameson yeah. on the rocks. And you wouldn't say, oh, do you want a this with that? Do you want a that? No. This is a specific thing. Yeah. There's nothing else to say. But that's the, kind of that same, you know. It's... Conversation over. And then we can talk about like, yeah. oh, are you from Kensington? Have you ever been to Brancaccio's? Like that's, yeah. that's actually a conversation. Yeah. Rather than a. But uh, yeah, I think, I, and I, I, I know of an organization uh, uh-huh. to, to be unnamed, but a large corporate entity uh-huh. that told their employees to, on Zoom calls in the workplace at, when you eventually return to work, it's no longer considered appropriate in the workforce, according to this 5,000-person employee and company, to, if, if you hear someone say they have to pick up their child for school, to say, oh, I couldn't hear, couldn't help but hear you have a kid, how old are they? That that's inappropriate. Or to say, oh, I, I heard your accent. I couldn't have but notice. Do you happen to be Argentine? Yes, okay. I am. Oh, I've traveled to Buenos Aires. Are you from there? No, I'm from Cordoba. Oh, the wine region. Immediate conversation. Which part of that is inappropriate? The the people are the idea is is that people are now in the workforce in the United States, according to this massive company that's a Fortune 500 company, supposed to tell you the version of who they are. You're not supposed to assume things and then define who they are and then have them spell that out to you. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> and so, and I have like a gut check for that because again, you're sitting at a bar stool. Yeah. I'm like, I can't help but be like, nice boots. And you're yeah. like, cool, yeah, they're Doc Martens. I can be like, they're the best, right? Yeah, once you break them in, it's a whole conversation. Yeah, of course. And it's, um, that's sort of, again, people bring books to bars and they read because they don't, they want sort of, they like the noise behind them. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's cool. And, and I don't get down on people who read books in bars because I'm like, that's what they, that's, they don't want to sit in a quiet apartment and read a book because yeah. it's too quiet. And they want to be around people and they yeah. want to sit and read their book yeah. and not be bothered and then look up and be like, yeah. oh, hey, yeah. everybody's doing a thing yeah, and now I want to join It's sort of like time in. lapse. Yeah. 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 And I get that. And so I feel like, I feel like we're sort of being robbed of that in-person experience really is, uh, is detrimental to our social health. It is. And we're the yeah. last bastion of the... Yeah. Like, Although I don't know that it's gone. Can... I just think that it's 
it's sort of the way things are trending and the way things are falling into place, uh-huh. it doesn't bode well for bars right now, the way things are. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that people will always need to make a human connection, although I assume that before the pandemic, I assume that there was never going to be a tragedy that would keep people from meeting at a bar. Yeah. Like, feast, people come out to celebrate. Famine, people come out to complain. Yeah. People I didn't drink think when they're happy, would... they drink when they're sad. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't think there would be something that was like, no, 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 I have to stay home and yeah. look at my computer. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, I feel like in... I don't know how I got onto this, but I feel like in New York we kind of have an advantage over, let's say, L.A. because I'll be in an elevator with somebody and I'll be like, oh my God, this weather. And now we have something to talk about. Yeah, what, because in L.A. there's no weather? There's it's no just weather. the same weather? It's just oh, the same yeah, yeah. weather. Yeah, yeah. So there's okay. like a reason to strike up a conversation, which... Yeah. And I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a chatter, right? Like, yeah. I, obviously, I'm, I'd like to talk. Um, I, <laughs> I, I get to a point by talking until I get to the point. But so, and I think that <laughs> there's people who are introverted who don't want that, and they go to bars, and they have a couple drinks, and they sit themselves. We have a lot of regulars that I don't know their name because they're, they don't give off a vibe of being approachable. Yeah. And, but Emmett knows their name, and Emmett's friends with them, and uh-huh. that's our bartender behind us. Okay. And he, he can sort of... Say that oh that's so and so she comes in here all the time, she's, she's by herself. You know, yeah, yeah. Her partner's to... home and the two of them like like he's more of like a like a night owl and she's more of a daytime person. So she has uh-huh. a couple drinks and goes off. And he knows her whole thing. But whereas people can have that. Yeah. But you can also go in and I can go to people and be like we can chat it up for two hours. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just and then this can break is, out into a dance party. Yeah. Who knows? And I love that about <laughs> and I love that about New York. I love that about us as like. As people, you know, and mm-hmm. that's that's worldwide, obviously. But New Yorkers, I think, in particular, bars like this that have been around for a long time, and I can think of five bars that I like, really like in the city. That uh-huh. I'm like, if I'm like, like, like on a map, if someone was like, "Oh, where are we gonna meet?" I'm like, "Where are you? Where are you?" They're like, "Lower West Side, like West Side, but downtown." I'm like, "Great, you're in. Cool." And like, yes. "Oh, I'm I'm up Upper West Side." I'm like, "Great, the Dubliner." Like, uh-huh. I just I have my bars, and. Um, and I, I think certainly that that's um, those are my landmarks, right? Yeah. And I like that Irish Haven is one of those landmarks for people yeah. in this kind of end of the world. And uh, I feel like that there's a lot of that left in it. Like I was here last night as a customer. I had some drinks. I hung out. I talked to some people I didn't know I was going to see when I came in. Uh-huh. And it was a nice return to form, you know? Yeah, yeah. I want more of that. Um, I feel like, um, I mean, I guess not every country has the same kind of thing. But when you're traveling... Or even, like, if I'm, if I, not so much anymore, but if I was in the city and I was, like, running around and running errands and doing this and doing that, and all of a sudden I, like, holding a bunch of packages and don't know what to do, I could just, like, go in a bar and sit down. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I have, like, a place that I could just be. Yeah. And I'm going to make a friend. I'm going to start talking to people. Yeah. So... And it's sort of, especially when you're traveling, you sort of can, like, be anywhere and say, I have two hours to kill and I have a luggage with me. Uh-huh. I can go into a bar. Nine times out of there. ten, they're going to yeah. let me sack the bag away somewhere where it's out of the yeah. way. I can sit and even have a water or a cocktail if it's time for that. I feel like that. And I can kind of, that's a level of tourism. Yeah. And you're not moving. Definitely. You're sitting in one place, like, actually <laughs> experiencing something as a Yeah, you're as a, actually as a meeting the, yeah. the people, the locals. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a journey, right? So I, I just feel like... Uh, I like that. And I, and there's a lot of people, we have a lot of customers who like do like mini bar crawls. Yeah. That guy that was talking to us, he might go to a place down the road, have a drink there, come by here, have a drink here. Uh-huh. If it's dead here, he'll go back to another place. But if he finds a great night here, he might text somebody he saw over there and say, yeah, come over to the Haven. That's true. And so the, sort of nomadic. You know. I guess I started out before texting 
and you're you had to go to your local in order to see your friends. Yeah. Like you didn't have their phone number. Yeah. You could call the bar and be like, oh, who's there? Yeah. And they would tell you, but you didn't like have everybody's phone number. You yeah. were like, oh, I better leave the house by this time so I can catch everyone and see what they're doing. Yeah. And then sometimes they would all go to the movies or yeah. they would all like go see a show and then you would like tag along. Yeah, find out but, somebody was bartending somewhere else and yeah. go see them. And yeah. Friend. Yeah, that's, I, I'm of that generation too. Like I'm just, I came to New York City, um, moved to New York City and I'd had, a, I'd had a cell phone for like two years or so and mm-hmm. I didn't know everyone's phone numbers still. And yeah. I, I didn't have maps on my phone, certainly. And I was like, you know, looking at the subway map to find out where places were. And uh-huh. so I got to know the city. I mean, I came down here when I was a kid and in high school and stuff and friends in college lived here. So I, was, I spent a lot of time in the city. But it was, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely would say to our friends, oh, we'll be at, you know, Irish Haven at 9 p.m. And if you got here at 11, you might have missed us. Yeah, exactly. And, so and then that's it. It's yeah, over. You'd hope one person would answer <laughs> their phone or you'd kind of guess where they are. Yeah. Two hours. Where could they be? How, how far, far away? Yeah. Throw the throw the rock, and how far could it be? So you're gonna lose your ceiling on your shed with the new laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can keep the shed. Yeah, is that what it's gonna be? No ceiling, no, no roof on ceiling. It. Yeah. But it's also gonna be like you gotta pay. You gotta pay for it. You gotta like yeah. get a permit. Yeah, they're gonna definitely year. permit it. Yeah. And I understand. I mean, because listen, I, I I'm in the West Village a lot. I go down mm-hmm. to the West Village, and I was in the West Village uh, this week driving. And uh-huh. I, it was in my in my car, and like if you were to put your arm out the passenger window, I put my arm out the passenger window. We're touching, touching structures. Too, yeah, there's not room for a bike to yeah. pass between yeah. my car and the structure. Yeah, and it's sort of like too much of a good thing. And some yeah. of them are uninhabited. They were like, "It's cold. We're not going to heat it. It'll be there in the spring." Yeah, and they're like storing all their like um, bicycles for the delivery people or something. Yeah, and like their yeah. tables and it's overflow. It's like, well, then get rid of it and put it back in the spring. Yeah, but that's the um, problem with th- being them made with sandbag walls and concrete, you know, yeah. cinder blocks in the walls. Yeah. Um, you can't move it. There's no flexibility to that sort of that movable feast. But so, yeah, the, the new version of it with them finding a way to monetize it with charging us a permitting fee, obviously, mm. and to change the, the way it's made. And Yeah. I hope it's, yeah. I hope whatever they come up with, it's the final version of it. I just hope it's it, not. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then one more thing I wanted to bring up was there was a big storm a few months ago. And okay. I got word from my partners that you drove by Minis, and you were like, are you guys flooding? Do you want me to, um, like, pump out your basement or yeah. something like that? I don't yeah. know the whole story. That's pretty much um, it, yeah. And, I, um... uh, I thought that was so nice because I didn't really know you. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I didn't know you at all. I met you today for the first time. The, the arc of that is, and you and I have never even had to, I have talked about this, um, obviously, but I... Um, I, I knew the tiki bar that was there. Uh-huh. And I sort of looked at it because it was kind of a place that, like, when there was a, a wake in the nearby funeral home, uh-huh. it became, like, the, the, the bar to go to as the tiki bar. Okay. And it was always kind of... I didn't go there, but I would always see wake crowds. And I'm, I'm out and about uh-huh. in the car a lot, as you could tell from what I was talking about. And I would be <laughs> like, oh, there's kind of, like, a, everyone's dressed in black, and it's, like, they're mourning, but they're uh-huh. also at this tiki bar. It was, like, uh-huh. an interesting image to see. So when they boarded it up and it was going to be for sale... I was, uh-huh. as a bar owner, I was like, that'll be interesting. I wonder what'll go in there. Yeah. And so then when I saw that it was like, coming soon, minis, I was like, I actually got out of the car one day, I saw a notice, and I was like, uh-huh. yes, like community board notice. Oh, I awesome. jumped out and I looked, and I was like, so I was I was like pro minis before before it actually, when it was still in your mind, uh-huh. as, a, as a form thought, you know? And so, long story short. I made that coming soon mini sign. Yeah, so <laughs> I, well, I loved it. And so then I, I we have a, we have a patron here as a, a customer, um, 
and uh, Christina. Uh, I don't know if you know her. Um, I don't know. Christine, actually. Maybe. Uh, not just her last name on here. No. But, uh, she's super sweet. She's uh-huh. uh, very boisterous, Filipina woman. Oh, maybe. Fucking I, rock star. Great at trivia, loves music. Okay. So she was always trivia. sort of checking in socially at a coffee shop that has a bar business in this neighborhood uh-huh. um, and checking in here Is that on Judy's? our trivia nights. Yeah. yeah. And then checking in with you guys. Uh-huh. And so I was able to be like, someone I like has good taste because she likes uh-huh. my bar. Yeah. And also likes, <laughs> just plays Judy's, which I've been to and is chill as hell, and uh-huh. likes minis. So I was like, I'm going by minis. So I went in one day and, uh-huh. and I didn't even have a drink, but I just like kind of checked it out. And the bartender didn't really clock me because I just like checked it out and left. But so what happened was that day with the rain, yeah, I was, I was, um, a friend had called me and was like in dire straits. So I happened to have um, like a swift, like a sump pump, but a massive okay. pump that's like for like emergency, emergency pump, like 70,000 gallons a minute type of pump. And I was like, I was driving by and I noticed that the whole sidewalk was sort of bleeding water <laughs> and your front door was sandbagged. Like yeah. it was like, and I jumped out of my Jeep and I ran in and the guy was there, was I think your business partner, or he's a, he's a bartender, uh-huh. but he was, he seemed like he's a manager type. Yeah. And I was like, hi. And he was kind of met with some trepidation, like, I'm sure you had water in your basement. Uh-huh. I'm sure he was like, F this. And I was like, hey, my name's Matt, one of the guys at the Haven. Uh-huh. Is there anything I can do to help? And he was like, kind of kind of pivoted his head back. I was like, uh, skeptically, he was like, hell yeah, man, thanks. And I was like, cool. Yeah, that so, was amazing. Yeah, he told me like, about he, that. Had he been like, yeah, our electrical panel's about to be submerged, uh-huh. I would have gone down to your basement and, and pumped you out. <laughs> well, um, I appreciate that so much, and I will never forget it. Yeah, no doubt. But that's, uh-huh. that, that's how we are. Like the yeah. guy that was leaning over... If that makes the final cut, Pete. But he, he's an electrician. I mean, he'll that, be he'll be on here. We'll just cut out your address. Cut it out, you know, <laughs> my personal details. Um, but like, he's the kind of guy that I learned that from. Like when everything mm-hmm. went down with um, Hurricane Sandy in October uh-huh. of 2012, he had he was going out to Rockaway, and one of the things people were doing was they couldn't get their electric turned back onto their board until they had a licensed electrician. Oh yeah. Say it's a go, but a lot of people had to pull their whole board out to do that. That's a huge uh-huh. expense and a backlog of work. Well, he was doing that. So he was saying to me, Matt, I need a hand pulling water heaters out of basements and uh-huh. submerged electric. So I went out with him and we were like doing demo and helping his friends out. That's amazing. And so, but that's sort of, that's how it is. You know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Obviously, we weren't doing that for, I wasn't getting paid for that. He probably no, wasn't getting paid for not. that. No, of course not. But it's like, so Just that's, karma points. Yeah, that's kind of this bar, you know? <laughs> that's great. That's yeah. really great. I, uh, I hope, I aspire to be that kind of bar owner someday that drives around with a pump and is like, who needs a pump? You are that kind of bar owner. <laughs> if you run the kind of places you're running and I know your businesses, you are, you're already that kind of bar owner. You're just, you're either, you're either, you're either not patting yourself on the back or you don't feel like you've risen to the occasion you have. But no, it's like, listen. You can, I just don't know how to pump water out of the basement. That's all. Yeah. And I'm sure, but I'm sure you have a, a, a vast amount of skills that I'll never have. So that's, yeah, we just, we're, we definitely are on the lookout for, you know, friends and family, you know? It's that's like, great. Because there's not that many bars in this neighborhood like um i i'm in touch with a lot of park slope bar owners and during every iteration of sandy we've had this text chain yeah and it's like oh you know dob is checking all the sheds or you know the health department is coming in and checking your backs it's like a whatsapp group type of thing yeah yeah, it was just it was just a text chain because i don't even have a whatsapp but yeah yeah Yeah. we're doing the same thing in this with bay ridge and sunset park Uh and we have a sort of diker, right? On, so we sort of have that same that. reach. And we can uh-huh. be like, hey, does anybody have a good ice machine guy? Yes. Which, it's funny because I feel like with, and not just to be kind of like sour for another second on that, I feel like with the, with the whole shutdown and everything, it was sort of counted on that this one industry is the industry where people don't look out for each other. And yeah. I, feel like, I feel like the guy across the street who is a bar, he's your competition. 
And so yeah. you're like, if people are drinking there, they're not drinking at my place. So you're like, I hope a customer doesn't come in and steal a and say, hey, let's go across the street to the other bar and hang out there. You're like, stop uh-huh. coaching my customers, yeah. man. So I feel like one thing that this did was it sort of it sort of unionized us in a way. In a, a weird little way. bit. Like I definitely like know people in Bay Ridge that run bars now, at least by this mm-hmm. this this text chain. That yeah. I'll, I've seen them be like, hey, I, this happened to me, and I have no problem being like, hey, this is the law. This is a screenshot yeah. of it. This is what you need to do. Here's a picture of the letter that I wrote that that makes us fine for it. Uh-huh. Hey, you know what? Yeah, I did the same thing. Oh, I was it. like, this yeah. is the letter we had to. This is what we had to post. Yeah. This is yeah. I'm like, you know what? I still have that word document on my computer. I'll put this on the WhatsApp, editable and, as a Google Drive doc, and you guys can just change it to XYZ bar. And people were like, wow. And not that I'm that great of a guy, but at yeah. the end of the day, like, I have this. Like, it's in my interest for you to make money because we want there to be businesses, you know? Yeah. I, I never felt like the bar across the street was my competition completely. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's, there's enough drunks for all of us. Yeah. Um, but... But I know exactly what you mean, and I was I was kind of shocked how many bar owners got together. And I feel like if more of us got together, then maybe like the city wouldn't be so hard on us. That's one of the reasons I know? think they are hard on us. Is because that we're all we're easy target. Yeah, we're an easy target. We're all small businesses. We're all too busy to organize. We're too busy like balancing our books and cleaning up vomit and we, we, pumping water out of the basement. Besides the Nightlife Alliance, we don't have a, a yeah. mouthpiece that speaks on behalf of us. Right? Yeah. So there's a lot of that. And, and, and Maybe I think we'll get one. <laughs> with having three places, you're expansionally minded. Like you you think about numerous businesses and different versions and this one of my <laughs> bars does is, is this target customer, right? Yeah. Is, yeah. You, you sort of have to do that. Whereas for us... Enough? Yeah, we'll see you on Sunday, buddy. I'll see you soon. Be safe, right? Because, yeah, I'm, yeah, we're just going to pay Super Bowl boxes. Yeah, just going around, going around, going around checking on it. Legal. Legal ones. For points. For points. points. I understand. You're just donating points. I understand. That's it. You're going to the I Know the Owner podcast does not endorse illegal gambling. It's a pleasure to meet you. It was good to meet you. All right. I guess we'll do our segment now. So I have a segment on this podcast, and I call it You Won't Believe the Fucking Day I Had. Um, (laughs) And it's funny because I had... So I encourage people to um, write me an email about the day they had as if they walked into the bar, saw the bartender, and they were like, oh, my God, you won't believe the day I had. Um, But I very rarely get emails from people that do that. Um, So... Please send me your emails about your day to I know the owner podcast at gmail.com. And then when I don't have an email, I read a Reddit, Am I the Asshole? Are you familiar? No, I'm not. Okay. It's people that write into Reddit with a situation um, that they did or someone did to them, and they're like, am I the asshole? And yeah. Is this guy the asshole? So I try to find Reddit, Am I the Assholes, that are about the bar business and talk about them. So let's see. All right. You know what? It's between two. I'll let you pick. Okay. Am I the asshole for firing my best friend or would I be the asshole if I told my coworker to stop trying to get customers to come in on his shift? Ooh, that's a good one. I know. Both of, I have stories for both of those, those things that happen. Uh, um, I like the I like the first one a little bit better. All right. Yeah. Am I the asshole for firing my best friend? I am a bar manager at a local dive bar with a very small staff, six people. The bar is about 80% regulars 
and the new people that show up normally know one of the regulars. Every other week, I get asked if I can get them a job there, especially after I got the management position. So it's a pretty sought-after place to work. Everybody makes pretty good money, and it's really minimal work. I got my best friend hired because I really thought she would be a good fit to that bar. This is before I became manager. We have worked together before at a sports bar. I bartended and waitressed at that sports bar while she only did waitressing at the job. I left that sports bar. There's a lot of information here that's not important. Um, I talked it over with my boss at the time, and she really hired her as a favor to me. I will admit there were more qualified candidates. Once I became bar manager, she had some more hours. This was not because she was my best friend, but simply there were just more hours available in general. I also hired another person because I didn't want to overwork anybody. My best friend really worked out in the beginning. I really should read these and cut out the extraneous stuff, but I don't. My best friend really worked out in the beginning. She got along with everybody, but there was a shift in her attitude about three, four months ago. I started getting complaints that she was just pissy and clearly didn't want to be there. She would also shut down the bar early on a regular basis. We're allowed to do this, but there is criteria that has to be met. She also works another job, and we talked about how she's working too much and decided together to cut her hours down. It did get better for about a month, but the past two weeks I've gotten more complaints than ever. I have regulars that refuse to come in when she's working in fear of getting snapped at. The last straw for me was going off on a regular for just being annoying. I decided to have a meeting with the owners to talk about what I was going to do and our options. Where am I? I I recommended either cutting her down to one shift a week or completely letting her go. The owner said it was my call, and I went with letting her go. He knew this was a hard choice for me, but in the end, a decision had to be made. My best friend is clearly upset and mad at me, which I expected. She said I don't care, and I clearly don't fight for her. But truth is, I could only fight for her job so much because in the end, I have to do mine. I stand by my choice, but I still feel like a pile of trash. So am I the asshole for firing my best friend? Yeah, that's so uh, much to unpack there. It's a lot. To, I was going to say the exact words. I was just like, there's a lot yeah. to. Have unpack you hired in that friends story. before? I've hired friends before. How'd that go? Um, good and bad. <laughs> I'm an enabler, though, in a okay. lot of ways. I um, a lot of that spoke to me. I I, I know. There's, some, there's someone in the bar right now uh-huh. that I cannot go to details who hired a friend of theirs and then had to fire them because mm-hmm. the management made them fire them. Wow. So, like, there's not in this bar, yeah, but yeah. in their, like, corporate world. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is funny because as soon as I heard, that's why I picked this topic was I was kind of inserting that story into uh-huh. this. Um, no, it's tough. I mean, I've hired I've hired friends. We, we took over this bar um, with staff already. Like, it was a functioning bar key uh-huh. in the door. And so... We made some tweaks to that. We didn't yeah. just like we didn't like fire everybody and start with a fresh thing, which some yeah. people do because they're like, no, they're gonna have loyalty to my ownership. People. Yeah, they probably have a rigged system. They probably are gonna yeah. it's never gonna be good enough for them. We kept everybody around because we are of the nature of we are like shepherding this bar into the next iteration. Uh huh. Um, so since then, I mean, in, in in this job and in other jobs and the security work that I, I do, I've hired people that are my friends. Uh huh. Um, I've regretted it. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I know more so people who are bartenders and bar managers and bartenders who have hired their friends at other establishments who uh-huh. have regretted it as well. It's tough because, you know, you get in this situation where I don't know what the, we can call, we, we could name one of them 
Well, let's give them names. What give was the, name. Was the manager's um, name? Is, is she the is she the asshole or not? The the manager. I mean, I feel like not the asshole. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll just call them the manager. So the manager, and then let's say Anne was yeah. the employee. So so Anne, the employee, probably settled into a comfortability and thought that she was going to get preferential treatment. Yeah. Subconsciously or not, it was like yeah, sort of implicit yeah. that she was going to get some favoritism based on the fact that she's friends with the manager and she yeah. was, and her friend probably and loving her and being her friend probably sent her some nonverbal cues or very very verbal cues and was like, yeah, you're cool. We'll, we'll make this work. Don't worry about sure. it. And maybe she got a better shift or everyone else is do this, but you know, like, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. I'm going to be in anyways. Yeah. You don't have to do that on your shift. I'll be in in the morning. Yeah. So she might have thought there was like this unspoken kind of like, we're cool. I know you. You can skate on that. Yeah. And that's a breakdown in in the chain of command, but it also is like how friends are. Yeah. And so you're going to get bit in the ass by that. Yeah. And so they always say like, don't go into business with, with family or best friends. Yes. Because you're going to end up either with a great business partner and not a, a, not you know, a, friend a family member. Or no or a, friend. You know, your yeah. brother-in-law might hate you or your friend might hate you. Or you might have a, a great friend and terrible business together. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that, I don't think that that person was an asshole. I feel like consulting with management that was the right thing to do before making a rash decision. I would have personally scaled my person back. Like I would have scanned, uh-huh. Anne, I would have scaled and and back to one uh-huh. shift, and been like sort of like probationary about it, okay. and then been like prove me wrong, like be like customer satisfaction has been this issue with you snapping at people, and but what I find with that is the staff is always like who said that, someone <laughs> someone complained, yeah, who was it? Yeah. So they focus their entire energy on outing the rat. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, that happened. <laughs> so then you get to sort of he said she said sort of what's the power struggle and. It's sort of like they're after the rat. I'm going to out the rat. Yeah. Um, which is the wrong energy. But it's hard yes. not to do because you do feel personally attacked. And when something's anonymous, you feel like it could be coming from any direction. And that's a bad, mm-hmm. that's a bad, the best, but it makes you kind of on the offensive all the time, you know, on the defensive. Yeah. Offense on the defense. So I think I would have personally not called myself an asshole situation because I would have weaned Anne back to a shift or two if she had three shifts. In the beginning. Yeah, and just been like, hey, listen, the shift, I've been taking away the best shift and you can Uh keep these other sort of bread and butter shifts, but your Uh Friday night that's super lucrative is going to go away for a while. Earn it back. Uh Okay. So Interesting. And then if they were like behind the bar with arms crossed and a face on and still couldn't snap out of it, then it's, you. I gave you the length of rope, you hung yourself, you know? Um. Yeah. That's how I, I would mean, I have definitely it. hired friends, and I was like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to have a friend here. I'm going to have somebody on my side. And then that didn't happen. Yeah. And I was, I was a boss that had to, like, make a boss decision. And I was a friend whose friend, like, didn't stick up for me. Yeah. And so it's, it's really hard to figure out what your friend's work, work ethics are going to be. Yeah. And... The idea that a friend would come work for me and be like, I'm going to skate. I'm your friend. I'm like, haven't you seen me work? Yeah. I, I would never skate. Yeah. I would never ask to skate. Um, so that would that that would really suck. Um, yeah. And I also, the idea of somebody like behind the bar being snotty and rude, I, I fucking hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate that. Like... Your job is to be nice and talk to people. Yeah. Like, if someone's rude to you, of course. Yeah. But don't start with the rudeness. Don't 
Don't be rude yeah, my, from the... My thing is, be the same person on Tuesday as you are on Saturday. Like, just, yeah. if you're consistent, you're not arbitrary about how you are. You are. Mm. If, you're, if you're, like, having outbursts and you're just, like, kind of, like, you get into a mood, oh, she's in a mood, or he's in a mood. Nobody if, wants to deal with no your mood. Deal with if you're constantly, like, sort of, like, a little bit a standoffish of a person who's a bit more, like, like, like you just don't put up with bullshit, and that's your uh-huh. kind of forthright. I get that. Like, I get that. I have staff that are like that. But they're not just, like arbitrarily like getting a, like a gray cloud over them that makes them mean for an hour and then they're like you know swinging the other way and oh being God. like let's open on fun like music an, like an abusive boyfriend yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> that's sort of like the sort of like, like train wreck abusive boyfriend scenario yeah abusive partner scenario <laughs> although some there are a few bartenders that can pull that off and it works yeah. like like the crowd wants to win them over yeah and I don't know how they do it, but yeah, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, I feel I'm like they're a, a minority on that. Yeah, yeah yes, that's a, they are. That's you less, have to be really good. Yeah, it's at less that common than the people thing. who are trying to employ it think it is, <laughs> for sure. Um, do you have anything to plug? What's what's to plug? Um, I mean, plug I Irish Haven. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I would I would plug uh, I would plug us to say. You know, we're we're here, we're doing it. We've been here since 1964. Wow. And um, we're open long hours. And yeah. you can bring food in here. You can make your own party. You can walk in with 35 people. Like 35 people, you're looking at the yeah. room. You can walk in my back room right now. We barely know you were here. Yeah, have um, your quinceanera here. Yeah, you want to have a quince here? Let's do it. As long as you, uh, you're not drinking. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. we're sort of, yeah, we're true. sort of something for everybody, you know, like people host events here, obviously. We've had yeah. art shows with like art walls up in the back room, uh-huh. like gallery shows. And we're sort of like open to whatever. People, I always tell people, irishhaven at gmail.com. Like email me, okay. plug it. Awesome. Like, but we do it. And like we, um, people have like, you know, crowdsourcing, like political campaigns. They'll come in here and be like, can we use your uh-huh. back room to sort of, this council person wants to like, kind of like rally people. We're like, not really into political functions, but like, if you want to come okay. in here and have an after party to that, yeah, why not? Okay. So we do, but we do that like, sense. you know, we're sort of something for everybody. Like we do and trivia. This night. isn't going to come up till after the Super Bowl, but I'm assuming that that's going to be a big night. Yeah, it's a big night for us. We do like more or less like uh, it's on all screens. The volume's yeah. up loud, and it's it's fun. There's there's an equal amount of people in the bar that I have the Super Bowl that would be here anyways. Uh huh. So that's kind of cool. As it's not just like people in Jersey screaming at the TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, we cater in a bunch of food, so we have like a crazy spread of food. But oh, awesome. Yeah, we're we just come like, here. Oh no, we're doing a Super Bowl thing. <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait a minute. Um, we yeah, we just sort of we're sort of like the. We're sort of like the Haven excels at being the found day, like a snow day. Like, uh-huh. There's nine inches of snow outside. I'm going to either yes. binge Netflix or I'm going to hold up at the Haven that's going to have jukebox rocking. Uh-huh. Customers every once in a while, that guy that was here is going to walk outside with a shovel and shovel off the front yes. steps for us. You guys have two jukeboxes. We do. Are they both functional? Yeah, it's like um, <laughs> it's it's like dueling banjos. No, it's, um, okay. It's The idea there was... The old jukebox has such a, like a diehard customer for it. There's only uh-huh. 100 CDs on there. Yeah. And they're like, you know, they're, some of them are mixed CDs that people gave us. And they're like, I love the Beatles. Here's the best 14 Beatles okay. songs in one place. And we're like, cool, Beatles mix. But then we got a lot of people, like, especially later at night, that were mm-hmm. like of a generation that were younger. Uh-huh. And they were just like, I don't know any of this music. I don't yes. know who ABBA is. <laughs> I don't know who ABBA is. Yeah, like, I don't know why the Black Keys are they're on here. They're alphabetically the first band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so there was like sort of this like, like only a certain finite amount of music we could have whereas the Internet Jukebox offered us like that sort of like person who is by themselves but thinks either does or doesn't have great musical taste okay. and wants to show off. It gives them an unlimited palette. What if someone plays both jukeboxes? Which one it's wins? one or the other. 
Okay. So there's an equalizer behind the bar. The bartender can uh, choose the, between the two. Okay. And the jukebox is set up now that the, the digital one, it's on autoplay. Uh-huh. But if you were to go over there and play a song, it'll end that song and play your song. Because okay. it's just like, like, I don't think anybody in here played this song right now. Maybe not. And I actually have an app I can check. You have, I don't know. Do you have a digital? You no, have a, I don't have a jukebox at all. We just do strictly. Uh, you do like Spotify. We do like Spotify, yeah. yeah. Which we also have that. We have a, a sound bar up there. My staff oh, wow. can like just a quiet night if there's nobody in here. He can put on like whatever like he's into. Like he goes oh, to like. Oh, that's great. Anything. Like he can just like, be like, I'm listening to this miss for five hours. Cool, do it. <laughs> and everybody um, cries. Yeah. Like, if people are down <laughs> for it, it's like people will vote you off the island. They'll be like, Emma, your music sucks. Play this. <laughs> but luckily he has good taste in music. So, but. <laughs> Yeah, we have it's sort of something for everybody, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. I never saw two jukeboxes. That's great. Yeah, and that other one is cool because it has a remote control, the digital one. Okay. There's a cover for it. And it's like the cover has a big Guinness ad. So oh. I can basically like a paper Guinness ad. I can hit a button to like make that it looks like a mirror when it's off. It's just a black shiny like it looks and like this. It's like no one's gonna play Oops, no one's gonna play music now. Yeah. So do you get people that come in and play like terrible like music? How do yeah. you and you yeah. does somebody Oh, like, this um, is great. Veto it? This is a great story. My business partner is older than me. He's, a, he's, an old, he's not a, like an old man. He's just older uh-huh. than me. And he came in one day, and I wasn't here, but I got a text message from him, and it was all caps. And it said, uh-huh. what is with the music on the jukebox? It was right after we got it. We got this in uh-huh. February of like three or four, four years okay. ago. And he was like, what is the music on the jukebox, and how can we block it? Uh-huh. So I found out what he walked into was, I think it was like a Little Wayne song, but it's uh-huh. like, to the windows, to the walls. Uh-huh. And it gets graphic. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, sweat yeah. drips down my... And yeah. he was, yes, like, yes, he was yes. caught off guard by that lyric, which I get it. Uh, my mom would have been, like a lot of, a lot of these customers would have been. Yeah. And so we then, I, call, I texted the guy who does the jukebox, who's a friend of mine at this point, who had 10 years of relationship, and was like, hey, can we do anything about the language? And he was like, oh yeah, you can edit you can songs add for a- no swear words. But then, then you, you can't get like a lot of not that I want a lot of more set to certain but songs. You can't. But you can't get a song that's like I'm a bitch. I'm yeah. like that, that singer. Yeah. You can't get her music, and you can't get any like if there's a swear word, it blocks that whole song. Uh huh. So there's some great songs that have swear words in them. Yeah. Um, like Nathaniel, uh, is it Nathaniel Radcliffe? The guy who's like son of a bitch. Buy me a drink. It's a great song. Okay, I don't know um, it. Do you know you don't know it's it? It's like a it's a banger of a song that people okay. love, and it's like a shouting song, and people like get into it in bars. But that song is, you know. So you put the parental controls on. We had to pump the brakes on the language <laughs> because of like the, the very descriptive anatomy. And of there's that song. no other. You can't pick which curse words. I could block rap, which I don't want to do. You don't want to do that because there's plenty of other songs that have. Yeah, it isn't yeah. the genre. So it's to a point where. I think we could pull back the language rates now and just say to people, hey, man, less of that, you know? Yeah. If someone comes in here and is, like, playing, like, death metal with a bunch of shoddy swear words in it. But we're, so we're sort of in this... People sort of play cool music now. Okay. But so that was that was the... That was sort of the block at first. Was, but so are the parental controls on still? They are not on right okay. now. Okay. I don't believe. But the bartender has a skip button. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So if it gets too graphic. Yeah. And also everyone in here has a skip button in a way that there's on the app you can do my song first. And if someone's playing oh, like nonstop music that's money. really like grating, you can skip their song and play like Baby Shark. Like you play whatever oh. you want. 
that would no, I drive would, me uh, insane. I would do that. But you can play game. Baby Shark. Yeah. You could play anything that's on the internet. Yeah, I, see, I don't like giving the customers that kind of power. Yeah, but so that's why you have a skip button. But we have a remote, okay. you can do that. Okay. And we could go back to the old jukebox in a heartbeat. Got it. All right. So it's sort All of right. everything, something for everybody. Okay. And that works. And that works. And so, yeah, that's, that's why we have two jukeboxes. And, I like it. And the old one sets of. a mood, even if it doesn't get played yeah. that much. It's, I like that I can walk over there and for, I think $5, it is, $5 is 15 songs. Uh-huh. That's a good value compared yeah, to yeah. what you'll get $5 of internet credits. Yeah, and if you want yours first, it's like an extra $2 or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know on what. the internet one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, more, it's at least a dollar more. Interesting. Yeah. All right, I'm going to plug my, my plugs. Um, I want to thank my producer, Alex Smith, um, and I want to plug his shit. Um, so I want to plug the Big Howl and Possum podcast and Howl Dottie's Fast Track. Uh, these are both podcasts that are available on all platforms. I want to plug Minnie's Bar. I plug Hinterland's Bar. I want to plug Stewart's podcast, the Flophouse podcast. And come to the Irish Haven. They're open from 8 a.m. to 4 a.m. Yeah. So there's only four hours a day that they're not open yeah. and six hours on Sunday. And you should sleep during that time if you can. Like You, you should, should sleep. Sleep is healing. I mean, so. no judgment. <laughs> um, you could sleep in their shed and then come <laughs> in when don't. they open. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was great to meet you. Likewise. Very um, nice to meet you. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I'm Charlene Wellington, and you are... Matt Hogan. And this has been I Know the Owner. Bye-bye. Bye. I know the owner.